If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. This is episode 120 of the podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. Highway to Health is your place for trusted health guidance and support. Whether you're looking to improve your health or just seeking ways to stay well, we're here for you. This growing community is on a mission to improve our state of being and experience together on the planet. And if you love the resource you get here at Highway to Health, consider becoming a health amplifier today. While this project is a labor of love, it requires funding to continue to build and stay true to our mission. You may have noticed we have no annoying ads and are not bound by corporate interests, but that means we do need your support, which you can provide for the price of a cup of coffee once a month by going to patreon.com forward slash highway to health. Your donation is making this quality resource available not only to you, but to anyone in need. So this conversation you're about to hear with Reed Davis is an important one for just about everyone. Reed worked in environmental law until his late 40s, and then he decided to focus on individual health and well-being. And coming from a career focused on toxins and pollutants plaguing our environment, he came to the health sciences with a unique perspective on why so many people are sick with conditions that lack a clinical diagnosis and treatment protocol within our standard model of insurance-based care. The focus of his work has been as an investigator through testing using a functional medicine model, simple tests that anyone can do at home and send to his lab. For those of you who have struggled with long-term conditions or lack of diagnosis, or for anyone who's simply looking to bolster their own immune function and improve their energy and overall sense of well-being, this is an important and in many ways a relatively simple concept. Reed shares what he's learned from his work and investigations into improving epigenetic signaling and reminds us of a number of lifestyle improvements that cost us little or nothing to start on today. A lot of inspiration to be gathered from this one. Here's my conversation with Reed Davis. So tell me about your your career path because you kind of you kind of started you know as as a health paralegal or something is that right? I was actually in the environmental law as a paralegal. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the story goes, you know, saving the planet type of guy. I was very motivated to do good in the world and um I've always loved nature and being outside and um I hunted and fished as a kid and yep. and you know that was all about being taking care of fish and animals, you know, making sure we're practicing good conservation. And so that's just always been something I love. But then around the end of the century, you know, I was in my late 40s, actually. Um, I'm almost 70 now. But um, I started worrying about people. Well, yeah, animals, that's great. And what about us, though? Including me. Like, I didn't want anything from the environment what we now call the epigenome sneaking up on me, you know, like I thought I would just study people yeah. and health. Yeah. So I changed gears a little bit. I went to work in a wellness center where the owner was 
just starting a nutrition diplomat program for herself. And I, I really went there to run the place. I was hired as a administrator. I already had a strong business background and things. And again, environmental, you know, wanting to do some good in the world. Anyway, she said I could go to this nutrition program with her and work on her patients in between my classes, which is an amazing opportunity. And uh, the price of admission was just doing her homework on top of my own. Gotcha. <laughs> So uh, that was a great start, and and I took that uh, Jeff Rockwell course in myofascial release. I became a personal trainer, and I have a lot of other certifications. So in the 10 years I worked at that clinic, I got a lot of uh, additional training, and but mostly experience running labs. I just, just got lucky, and I just started running labs on people, and that was the trick for me. I ran thousands of labs on thousands of people. Yeah. That's kind of my claim to fame, and after – after almost 10 years of that, I, I started a course in lab work and uh, natural protocols, absolutely drug-free, no medication, just just lifestyle, um, you know, directives for people who were suffering, who could not find release, relief any other way. Yeah. I mean, they were at the end of the ropes, most of them, been to six, eight, ten different practitioners. I thought they were getting ripped off Yeah. and, and decided I just wanted to be the last guy that they had to see. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I feel the same way in my practice. And I, I have a similar, I, so I went through, you know, the personal training route after becoming a, a, you know, manual therapist. I do kind of massage trigger point work, craniosacral therapy, and, you know, a blend of a lot of other things that I've kind of learned over the years. And, but my background is also like, I was pre-law English major. <laughs> and mm. I, so, so language for me is, is a big part of, of working with people too. I feel like that's one of the things that I see kind of lacking in the way that we do, you know, dialogue and even kind of like setting out a little, a little, you know, verbal roadmap of like, okay, these are the things that, that I, that I see going on or, you know, and another, another big part of what I do is, is really sort of collaborative work. I, I'm, I'm kind of at the center of a lot of different modalities because I work with newborns and, oh, and I, and I, you know, so pretty much all ages because of that. And also work, you know, in, in coordination with mental health. I do a lot of work with functional medicine and, and, you know, orthopedics and, and other kinds of, you know, medical care as well, because I'm kind of dealing with a lot of neuro issues. So I, I'm, I'm in this dialogue that I know that you're working, you know, within for a long time. And I'm curious, to, I'm curious to, to know if it, was there something personally health-wise that that brought you into the work a little bit more or was it just your desire to to help you know funny thing is i never been to a doctor before i just maybe for some sports injuries a couple motorcycle spills okay. and uh dental work but yeah when i first started in this field when i switched from environmental law and conservation to working with people um i didn't have a health problem uh, but I didn't want anything sneaking up on me either. You know, again, I was in my late 40s and I noticed people were <laughs> were dying and never really had a symptom before. You know, you just don't know. And ha having studied the environment so well, I knew there was a lot of poison and toxin and yeah. things that people just weren't aware of. You know, seeing dead fish and pretty much dead bodies of water and damage to trees and, right. you know, the bees are disappearing. And, yeah. and I just thought, what about people? So I didn't right. have a personal challenge um uh and i've tried to maintain really good health uh i think to do this business you kind of have to walk the talk like i still get 
body work done and yeah. uh, I have a Pilates instructor comes over twice a week and uh, you know, I'm a fit guy. I, I play, play hard. Uh, I just got off a week sailing trip um, and sailing, believe it or not, is more work than, you know, <laughs> Oh, I've, I've done it. I know <laughs> it's in t- intense work. Yeah. And uh, you know, riding my motorcycle again, I'm almost 70 and I, I just want to stay really fit. And so, you know, again, sort of claim to fame was that I got lucky and was able to run this lab work, saliva testing, urine testing, blood testing, stool testing, things that regular doctors don't do. Yeah. They're not looking in these areas. Uh, and and I found healing opportunities. I, I was able to identify these healing opportunities. So, so, no, I didn't have a health problem, but I'm sure glad I know what I know now yeah. as I am hitting my almost senior years. <laughs> So, so, so I'm I'm guessing that when when people come to you, at this point, right? They're 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 probably coming to you with a challenge. Oftentimes, having seen a number of different people, right? Uh, you know, both you know both you know people in the traditional medical system and people in other healing arts. So, is there is there like a, a place that you recommend people start um, as, as far as testing and 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 doing this investigation when when they first come to see you? Yeah, that's truly my modality now is just to run the tests, you know, why guess. Um, but you're right. People are coming with every kind of ailment and problem, you know, f- from tired and fatigued and brain fog and cloudy thinking, you know, to like they're overweight and they got bad skin and, and no energy, you know. So so there's um, everything in between that. And some people actually do have real medical problems. Mm-hmm. But I just don't play in that sandbox. We're we're not medical. We're looking for what's really wrong. You right. know, let's let's go upstream. And you're right too that everyone walking in the door in those early days, what what inspired me to to figure things out was that they'd all seen again six, eight, ten different practitioners, right. spent yeah. thousands of dollars, and we're even told by many of these other practitioners, nothing's wrong with you. You know, your blood work looks normal. Right. And, um, of course, we knew. And the person knew, well, there has to be something wrong. Yeah. You know, so that was my job was to go find it, investigate, run the labs. So so your question was, you know, what's the first thing? Um, we just take on all comers, run our five labs. Again, we're looking for this constellation of healing opportunities and then applying the general principles of healing to every area. So we're not diagnosing and treating like a physician. Right. We've had enough of that crap. Yeah. What's what good's another label on some other thing gonna do for you? Nothing. We're gonna you know, in a sense, self-treat in person. We're gonna teach people to self-treat. Right. Every cell, tissue, organ, system in their body. The entire organism just improves. And you'd be amazed how much good that does in the world. Matter of fact, it outperforms standard medicine. A lot of times, and because what we're really dealing with, and I and I look at this from my point of view as well, and and I sort of deal with things in a slightly different way because I'm a lot of times what I'm trying to help people with is kind of an autonomic balance. I mean, I find so many people who come into my, you know, for for my kind of care are have basically been sort of patterned into a fight or flight response. It could be because of trauma or an injury or you know big changes in their lives a loss of a parent all these different things can kind of set off systems and then they become sort of patterned that way so we have you know a, a million different things that can kind of get off track digestion sleep and you know all those kinds of things are usually signs that 
something something's going on with this kind of getting stuck in this fight or flight response. But the but the the healing aspect of what needs to go on in there, you know, a, a stress system doesn't heal. So you know you have to work on how to how to manage that. But you can't tell someone to stop being stressed. I mean, it's just <laughs> and, it, and it happens from environmental factors. It happens internally, and it happens from you know our the, the our lifestyle and our relationships and stuff. So. So when, when it comes to when it comes to testing, when you're trying to work on this stuff, what are, what are those tests that and, and what are you looking for from your perspective? Well, one thing you mentioned is the autonomic nervous system and the parasympathetic to sympathetic balance. Mm -hmm. That's really really important. Yeah. And so, I actually have an acronym. I'll just give you. Yeah. Uh, we we look at H I D D E N. That's hormones. Hormones okay. got to be balanced. Yeah. Not just your sex hormones, but your catabolic, anabolic hormones. So that's H. The I stands for the immune system. Sometimes they're overactive, sometimes underactive. The D, the first D is digestion. So we actually measure whether you are breaking down food and assimilating it properly. Yeah. Some people eat great diets, but they're really not digesting and absorbing yeah. as you well. Yeah. Yeah. So H-I-D-D in our hidden acronym the second d is detoxification so we're looking to see is your liver working is it really you know processing everything properly and then excreting the way it should go so detoxification is really important and that would include other organs of course but h-i-d-d the e is energy production okay. so you want to make sure that you're fueling your cells properly so that they're able to produce energy yeah the right rate, quality, quantity. So that's really critical energy production. And then the last one is that end, nervous system balance. Yeah. So so we look at that, autonomic dominance. People are in fight flight, like you said, and they need to strengthen the parasympathetic. And we find that there's ways to do that, diet and breathing and uh, meditation and things, uh, rest and quiet and just not – being overstimulated in many ways. Yeah. You mentioned we could spend the whole hour on that, you know, just <laughs> right. man, the amount of trauma people have had, yeah. it's mental emotional, as you mentioned, yeah. like you said, uh, losing a parent or something. Yeah, mental emotional stress is huge. Yeah. And we say the word stress, that's what people think about. Um, oh, yeah, I hate my job. My kids are a little rotten. <laughs> right, right. You know, or but also that that trauma, the fact that we you know we have well used bodies. I know mine is, man. The number of sports injuries I've had oh, from yeah, me too. everything I've done, and and uh, you know, and it, it could even be from birth. Well, I was really impressed when you said you work with infants because yeah. sometimes just being born is stressful. It's one of the most it's one of the most challenging things we go through. Yeah, so you could come out out of out of sorts, you know, out of whack. Um, so there's that mental emotional stuff we all deal with every day. And then the other th that I studied so well in the environmental days was the, the environmental toxins and um, electromagnetic frequencies and all the crap they put in our food and uh, in our air and water and things. So, so there's environmental stress, what I call the epigenome. That could include your accidents and injuries and and owies, and I yeah. still have a few leftover pain and things like that I have to yeah. work on. And then the mental emotional, and you, you, it's a lot to handle. Autonomic nervous system is so, in, you're engaging that with trying to get out of fight flight. Right. So that's a critical area. We look at all of it because, yeah. you know, you never know what someone's got going on. 
And and so you, you mentioned earlier there were, there were like five tests that that you you know do with, with just about everybody who comes in. Can you can you explain what those tests are? Yeah, absolutely. So we do a stress and hormone panel. Okay. Which includes the catabolic anabolic balance and your sex hormones. And oh, by the way, from the same saliva samples, take four samples throughout the day. Okay. Through the same samples, you can get melatonin, which is a good indicator of dysfunction yep. or you know good function and then also secretory IgA which is which is an immune marker so from one test we, we can start getting insights to things being out of balance over overactive underactive and so on uh, the finger points in certain directions where we know that leads us to is my next test which is a urine it's a dried urine test uh, we look at digestion we look at liver function we look at oxidative stress okay and these are opportunities they're, they're not medical diagnosis right right That's why they're missed they're part of an anti-aging and just being really healthy and really vibrant uh investigation so you got all that the saliva test of the catabolic anabolic sex hormones immune system peak into your uh, uh, melatonin you got this dried urine test these are all done easily at home they're not expensive anyone can do them from anywhere just about and so we look at that digestion and liver function, oxidative stress. We also run a finger stick test, again, with the saliva test and then a urine test. And now the finger stick test, these are all done at home. You mm. prick your finger, you squeeze out some blood onto yep. a blotter, yep. you send it, it dries, it's, you send it into the lab. From that, we're getting zonulin, which is a marker for leaky gut, just almost equals leaky gut if yeah. it's uh, elevated. But two more important markers are histamine, and diamine oxidase. So, and the ratio between those tells us a lot more about how the guts actually function. You heard about gut function, and everyone says everything begins in the gut. I don't believe that, but I do believe it circles around in the gut <laughs> often enough. Yeah. The people would think it. So, that's just three tests right there. Now we have a ton of information about things you can do to improve yourself without drugs, without surgery, just on your own. Hey, here's what's actually broken or needs improvement. And by the way, uh, the dysfunction from those things all combined uh, equals an awful lot of symptoms. It e equals an awful lot of feeling lousy like all the time and yeah. being overweight and itchy and, you know, achy and <laughs> And, and angry, you know, or out of sorts. And right. it just leads to so many symptoms. Now, the two other tests that we add, but, because those, that right there is a mouthful. I mean, I could pretty much tell you what's going on with the person. Right. But because, you know, if someone engages us, we say, look, there's a couple other tests you should add on here. And one is the uh, stool test for pathogens, and it looks deeper into the, the gut microbiome and, these kind of things. It's just a deeper look. And if there are pathogens there, well, guess what? Those are stressful too. What, what, what kind of pathogens are you looking for usually? Yeah, bacteria, parasites, funguses. Okay. There, there's lots of different species and varieties, but yep, yep. generally, you know, bugs that have no business being in your body. Yeah. And by the way, you can look at the ones that are the friendly ones and make sure you got enough of them. Right. And what's the balance between your good and bad floor right. and right. things like that. So, so it's a deeper look into that that you wouldn't get from the 
uh, zonulin and the histamine to DAO, DAO ratio. Yeah. So we know from the first test that it's very dysfunctional in there. But we'll, so let's look. You see problems, you look deeper. We just run them all up front. So you look deeper. And the, the last test I think is critical is the food sensitivity testing because everyone has some. Yeah. I've yet in I've been using this test for 23 years and no one has come back with zero sensitivity. Right. And and it can no. change over the course of your lifetime too. That's it can that. change over the course of several months. Yeah, that's true. As too. The gut, so as the gut, so you can have food sensitivities, there's different types, and you can just be born with them, you can acquire them. It, it, typically as the gut gets less and less functional. You're not digesting, you're not assimilating. You've got a dysbiosis and, and all these things going on. Well, you'll get more and more sensitivities. That's true. Yeah. And if you yeah. keep eating those foods, it slows down the healing. Yeah. So we're just going to, for a while, take these foods out so that you have a chance to heal. We'll retest and you're going to have less sensitivities. Right. And they might even change a little bit, but you'll have less of them. And you'll be able to uh, have a wider variety of foods. You know, we we should actually eat, you know, qu quite a wide variety of foods. Yeah. That helps keep the microbiome diverse yeah. at the same time. So all these things work together. Again, we're looking at, with those five labs, we're looking at H-I-D-D-E-N, all of those things. Yeah. We, we actually throw in this metabolic typing test. Um, that tells us a lot about, believe it or not, the, the immune system or the uh um, energy production in the nervous system and and how you can correct that a lot just with diet believe it or not oh yeah yeah um, and then then we apply the principles of healing which are found in our d-r-e-s-s -S acronym and i'd be happy to explain that one too <laughs> sure so before you before we go on to that one i'm i'm, yeah. I'm just kind of going back through all this it's interesting to me you know when we kind of started out as, as i was saying you know talking about how stressed system stressed systems don't heal and and you know when when you when you start peering into each of these to get the information that you're getting from doing these you know and in some ways these are pretty simple tests it's it's surprising that you know in our health system that we wouldn't that we wouldn't actually look at this as the baseline of health because and, and and this is why I think we should we should you know as you said in in the or as, as I'm not sure who wrote this in the in the gap the the, the book that that you're involved with that um, there's 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 the, 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 there's conventional medicine and it's very good for acute kind of conditions which is you know that should really be its label I think in some respects yeah. you know when when we're, we're in, when we're in crisis when we break an arm and our, our leg when we need heavy heavy intervention that's that's you know what that part is but what what you and I tend to engage with you know day after day is improving quality of life for for individuals and sometimes you know in that in that process healing you know which which means you know getting back to this stress systems aspect it means it means kind of trying to find those things that are actually stressing our systems sometimes they are environmental sometimes they're you know outside of us you know as, as we're saying yeah. relationship wise and sometimes they are actually you know a parasite or a processing challenge or something so 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 this kind of gets into the I think the the DRESS acronym right because what we're really talking about is what are those things that can heal us Well you you know again my my shtick is to identify those healing opportunities yeah. with lab work but yeah. there's some you can figure it on your own quite easily 
And when you talk about stress management, if you will, yeah, <clears throat> there's there's actually good stress. Yeah, you know, oh, just, yeah, I just, totally. Yeah, I was just on a sailing trip, and you know when the wind's really blowing and the boat's heeling over, uh, it's a bit frightening. <laughs> you can, that's a certain type of stress. It's actually good for you. You need that energy uh, in that moment. Yeah, like my son, he, he I have this picture of him. Um, he just jumped out of an airplane with with a parachute on, by himself. You know, he's he's a certified diver, skydiver, and it, and and one of his buddies takes a picture of him just just sailing in the air. It's a beautiful picture. You can, he, they're two miles or they're whatever they are. They're they're way up high, about twelve twelve thousand feet. Yeah, and you can see the curvature of the Earth behind mm, him. Yeah, and so that for him is a form of, we call it use stress, you know, use stress, not distress. So I look at that as really good stress. Like that's good for you to get your blood flowing and do exciting things that are adventuresome. And so, so, but when his mom saw that picture for her, it was very distressful. <laughs> so, so the same picture yeah, means right. two different things. Yeah. Depends who's looking at it. It's you know, true. I mean, all the guys are like, Oh shit, I want to do that. Right. You know? Right. Right. And all the women are like, God, my kid better never do that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So stress is a huge thing. Again, it's a great topic for, for many discussions. And um, I like what you said. You said some of the stresses aren't healable, like or they're very difficult to get away from. If someone's job is, you know, really sort of bringing them down, you, you, it takes a long time to, to change jobs, you know, change careers, change yeah. is what you were, you know, and and that and relationships with if it's with a spouse that can be very difficult in the long term. And you can, uh, am I going to heal this or am I going to abandon? Or with a parent or with even a close friend. I mean, you know, th those, those kinds of things. And sometimes they're just transitions, you know, I think that's, and that is part of it. A lot of times where, you know, every relationship, every, every, even our relationship with ourselves, we're going to go through different kinds of transitions and, and heal on some level, whatever that, whatever that was, that was causing a problem. But you know, the, the, the ability to identify those kinds of things is is the important thing. And I feel like that's kind of what you're doing, you know, going through the hidden protocol as far as like what might be going on at that physical level. And yeah. then this this DRESS part of it is really kind of like the, pro the, the protocol for starting to work on it, which is diet, uh, exercise, what do we got? Diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction and supplementation. Because those those are mm -hmm. in some ways all, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bolster our our body's natural healing ability, right? Exactly. I mean, we're on total uh, vibe here, man. Because uh, um, how much can you control in your life? You know, yeah. you can control what goes in your mouth. You know, so diet because something totally within your scope. Uh, don't buy crap and eat that. Buy good stuff and eat that instead. You know, we go through a whole litany of, of things. Like, there's no one diet that's right for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But there are foods that are bad for everybody. You know, sugar and chemicals and, and all these things. Fried there's foods. no one that those are helpful for. Right. So you can really tune up your diet. That's D. And that's foundational because I don't know of any epigenetic factor that has a bigger effect than diet. Yeah. Other than eating poison or, or breathing fumes, <laughs> you know, depending on your job. So, so, but that comes under um, stress reduction. So yeah. we got diet and we teach everyone how to eat, find and eat according to your genetic and metabolic type. 
So then there's rest. The R is rest. So I don't mean just sleep. Sleep's really important, but you can rest uh, your your spirit and your emotions. You, you can learn to meditate and just breathe and and handle things more sympathetically, parasympathetically. Yeah. But invoke the parasympathetic. It, it works wonders. Uh, just breathing and things like that. So diet and rest, including sleep. The exercise goes without saying. You can't be healthy if you're not moving your body around. Yeah. And um, strengthening and stretching. And, uh, working on your aerobic conditioning, I call it, call it cardiopulmonary. Uh, I do too. And, that, and one of the things I like to r- remind people of when it comes to just moving your body, because I think we've been sort of conditioned by like this, you know, the sort of started probably in the eighties of like the, the sort of fitness craze way of thinking about, about, you know, of, 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 of what being fit is, but really like moving your body in general helps to, you know, the body is a series of like hydraulic fluid systems and we're really trying to pump the systems and move things through. And that's what helps kind of detox us, sends blood to all the right places. And that's, that's really a big part of what, in, you know, oxygenated blood, that's really part of what keeps us healthy. And if, and if you're sedentary for too long a period of time, those systems just become kind of weakened because we're not getting enough, you know, flow moving through all of them. You're so right. And of course, um, I know that you, you know this, the one of your biggest detoxifying organs, you got the liver and the kidneys and the yeah. skin, and the colon, but your lymph system yeah. has no pump. Yeah. The pump is you. You're the pump. So the lymph is what helps detoxify the entire body. Right. And if you don't move, lymph doesn't flow. Yeah. So if for no other reason, you'd want to definitely move that around. That's a really good point, Jeremy. So it was diet and rest and exercise. The two S's are stress reduction and supplementation. We don't have to talk about that. I, I don't uh, sell sub. I don't have my own brand, but I know. It's, it's funny. I was, was going to ask you this question because I've I've worked with a few people and, and I've, I've had a few interviews with people with supplementation products. And most of them are actually pretty like – the, the the fewest you have to take the better but of course there are there are people who are in crisis where sometimes there's you know it could be helpful or when you if you become really ill and your body's really depleted there's probably you know n- need for certain kinds of things but i think i i find that that also the supplementation craze probably started yeah. in like the you know well, 70s through the know, 90s it's just it's just I, I think people people started trying to put everything in their body instead of doing all the other things that they might need to do to take care of themselves. Yeah, exactly. So the the first course I ever took in nutrition was a lot about supplements and I was turned off, you know, and, and by the way, I tried to use that in the office. You remember the doctor, I, you could see my patients between visits. And if that involves selling supplements, you know, go for it. And so that's kind of what I felt like was a supplement salesman, like, like take this for that. Right. Yeah. And it didn't really work. People would take it for a while. And if it helped them, they'd say, oh, I'm cured. Yeah. You know, like it was as if it was a drug that cured. Yeah. And if it didn't work, they'd say, oh, this shit doesn't work. You right. know, so yeah. Yeah. so no one would take it for more than two or three months. So I had to go much deeper into why would why do we supplement, you know? And I came up with the four S's of supplementation. I can give it to you really fast. Sure. First of all, substitution was missing from food. You know, food isn't very high quality. So it makes sense to to substitute with, you know, some extra vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids and antioxidants and yep. all the stuff that's supposed to be in food yep. that isn't in food. 
anymore because it's been depleted from the soils and so on. So just substituting for what's missing from food is a good reason to take supplements. And you just mentioned, importantly, uh, support for certain organs, something that needs a little more. Your digestion could need some support while you heal the system back to normal. Like it's broken down. Let's support digestion. Let's support your adrenal glands, you know, or some other organs. Also, stimulation is critical because, you know, when I before I go get on an airplane, I stimulate my immune system. I want my immune system on heightened alert, you know, which it's kind of hovers. Immune systems are there not to do much except hover and look for bad stuff. Then they go into action. So you can increase uh, sensitivity or uh, um, state of alert, you know, by stimulating your immune system. And uh, so the four S's are uh, substitute what's missing from food, support systems that need it now, and then stimulate. And the last one would be self-treatment where if you have a parasite and you don't want to take prescription medication, you could get rid of it with things people have been using for thousands of years to get rid of parasites. Uh-huh. And so, so self-treatment becomes one of the four S's. And um, on supplementation, again, I haven't created my own brand. People are, have asked me too many times, but you know, uh, we, I just train on it and let people go buy what they want. Um, and the other S, of course, is this, the stress reduction, which is just a management thing. You can yeah. get rid of parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses, even. Um, um, you know, you want to get rid of those. You can get rid of foods that you're sensitive to right out of your diet. Just test, don't guess, just to say, hey, get rid of these things. And, or you could do uh, elimination diets, you know, cut out dairy and gluten and soy and corn and uh, these common um, offenders. Is, is that, that something you is that something you do with people sometimes when they come in and you feel like there's a lot of factors going on here? Let's let's clean this clean out the situation and see see what see what comes up just from you know I, I always think you know sometimes the process back to health is also some little mini experiments you know within yeah. with, within some safe realm. Obviously, you don't want to you don't want to tax the system too much, but but I feel like there there's sometimes you you need to kind of still continue to gather new information. Well, you just hit on a key factor for people, and that is that we're all unique individuals. Yeah. And what worked for Charlie may not work for oh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Sheila doesn't do well at all. Matter of fact, there's only three things that can happen. You feel better when you try something, try yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. You feel better, there's no change, or you can feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. And when someone swears by it, you go, I hate that stuff, you know. So so the trial and error, I, I, that's the first thing I identified. I, I kind of came up with this phrase uh, for all of our patients, some of the first ones I ever talked to. You're caught in a cycle of trial and error. You're going from one thing to the next, just praying and hoping that it's going to be the magic bullet, you know, yeah. whether it's a therapy or, you know, an extra, a diet yes. or Sometimes too many cooks in the or, kitchen too, right? Unbelievable. Everything. Uh, again, they'd seen even 10 practitioners and nothing's worked. Yeah. So I had to come up with something better. It's why I systematized my, it took me 10 years. It, yeah. It definitely, yeah. I had to just kind of experiment. I, I was um, just in a great spot to run all those labs and all those people. Yeah. They trusted me to at least be looking where no one else was looking. Yeah. And um, but the food sensitivities and the parasites and bacteria and 
those are easy to identify and eliminate. I mean, there, there's no more guesswork needed for that. Um, the diet's a little tougher, but uh, sleep and exercise are, are not that hard to do. So all the lifestyle things we'd recommend to someone, when you put it into categories, they get it. Okay, eat right. Like, you know, you could just spend uh, a month getting your diet dialed in. And we you first need to do this little little test we have. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, then you, you follow it. Now, everyone's got to adjust it a little bit. You can't just say, well, I'm a protein type. Because right. there's protein types that do well on 80% protein. Right. There's others that they need 90%. Yeah. There's certain people, believe it or not, need 95% protein. They're just, they're protein type. They're very fast oxidizers. They need that very slow burning fuel. Otherwise, they burn their, their fuel up really quick, and they're hungry and craving and and angry and and all this stuff. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a question I have for you. I, I I know it was mentioned in the book, but how do, how do you determine the the this oxid um, uh, what do you call it the oxidative rate um, for, of so rate ratio of fats, test. carbs, and proteins? There's believe it or not, there's an online questionnaire, and don't be fooled. Uh, some questionnaires. They're not all as subjective as you think. Right. They're very, they can be very objective. They will it will ask you a lot of questions about your physiology, a lot of questions about your dietary traits and habits, and believe it or not, a lot of questions about your psychology and uh, you know men, mental emotional state, you know, you know uh, personality traits basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very thorough exam, and it's you can find it at mtdiet.com. MT stands for metabolic typing. Okay. Diet. It's cheap. You can go through that and get some training on it. We have every client go through that, um, and that's your base. That's your baseline. So you might find out you're a protein type or a mixed type or a, or a carb type, um, but there's other dominances. You could be an autonomic type, and then you're either a sympathetic or a parasympathetic. So there, there's okay. different types. But just whatever the diet you get is, say it says you know you're going to be sixty percent. Uh, protein and the other 40% is like, you know, 20 fat, 20 carbs. Right. That's that's a protein type, but it's just sort of a moderate. Yeah. And what'll happen is it'll change the rate and quality and quantity of energy produced on the cellular level. Because you burn fuel. That's your fuel. You're burning it. You're metabolizing it. You're also oxidizing it if you want to use that term. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get the fast and slow oxidizer from. And but then you still have to dial it in. I don't know if you're old enough to remember car radios when you had to dial oh, yeah. in the station. I'm like in my this. 50s. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you dial it in. Now, you would you would dial it to where it sounds good, and everyone does the same thing. You go past a little bit so that you know, oh, no, I was on the right spot. Yep. So you're going to dial it in. Yep. And you can dial in your carb, fat, protein ratios yep. kind of the same way. You need a starting point, which is yep. test will give you. And then you dial it in and you go, you know, hey, that breakfast I had, if you eat breakfast, a lot of people don't. And I don't even recommend it for every person. But but you you find out that your meal gave you a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah my energy is really good. Yeah. And my um, my sense of well-being is there. And I and I feel satiated. I'm not craving anything. You don't crash. So criteria. Yeah. yeah. So then you go, you know, I I think I was craving a little bit of something. I'm going to up that percentage of protein and you can dial it right in where the three criteria are 
strong sense of solid energy to yep. get you through the next meal. However yep. much work or fun you want to have, you got enough energy to do it. The other thing is satiation. You're not craving. Nothing was missing. You know, you, you just basically have no cravings. That's an amazing state for some people. They've yeah. never been in that state before. And the third one is actually a sense of well-being. You're supposed to be in a good mood. We're designed to be happy creatures. We yeah. really are designed to be happy. So if you're not, you know, diet could play a really important role in that. And when you dial in the energy and satiation and sense of well-being with diet, that's you, now you've got it dialed in. And it will be the right combination of proteins, fats, and carbs. And obviously, we don't need to here go into the quality of that food. It's got to be really high quality and, and free of any, uh, uh, you know, excipients that would cause distress on your body, chemicals and food coloring and, and all this crap, you know, process, pro, the, the results of processing, very bad for you. And yep. sugar, yeah, you know, and, and hydrate. You kind of can dial in diet pretty easily when you know the, system to use. It's, it's interesting, you know, to get down to this, the, the, this, this was kind of the reason that I started this podcast. I, w I was actually sort of exploring the notion of health um, because I was doing some work in health tech actually at the time. And we were, we were, one of the things that came up was sort of studying people's belief systems around how they're, how they stay well or become well. And, you know, that 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 opened a whole can of worms for me, you know, in terms of my my main my brain just kind of exploded at that moment because I I started thinking about because I at, at that point I had already been practicing for almost twenty years and and what I started realizing more and more was that you know people come in and they just want a symptom to go away right I mean that's that's usually their that's their first number one reason for seeking care but then beyond that I I, I and it's one of the things that I do a lot of times in my first session with people is I say. Is there something that you'd like to be doing more of that you're not doing? Mm. Because I, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? I think, I think everybody is getting to this place, you know, as they're going through an aging process. And it starts much younger for some people. I mean, I, I got in my field because I started having chronic back issues in my mid-20s. That's a, that, that's a oh. you know, tough, tough place to be. But I'm in I'm in much better place because I learned so much at a young age too, you know. But yes. but but that but that sense of what we're really looking for in terms of in terms of you know well wellness or well being or health or whatever you want to you know label it as, is this you know this what you're talking about is that we we want to feel like we have the energy to do the things that we want to do, and and not be sort of hindered by our by our physical body by our moods and all these things. And and that's yeah. that's really what you and I I think are kind of engaged in day to day. Well, I love your expression "can of worms" because the deeper you go, <laughs> the more you realize you don't know. But but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and the experiences we've had are very similar. You know, just working with people, trying to help them, realizing that they're all different. They all have different environments. We're now using this term "epigenome." Yeah, you know, the genome is very important, and and. You know, just after the turn of the century, they actually mapped out the entire human genome. We're like, we know every every gene in the body now. Right. But no one, the world hasn't gotten healthier because of that information. No, because not it's at all. the epigenome. It's the it's the signals that your genes get from your world, your environment, yeah. your everything that's going on with you, even including the way you think. Yeah. That's part of your epigenome. So there's there's the uh, there's you. <laughs> there's the epigenome. There's you yeah. with all your genetics. You yeah. can't change those. The reason I don't test them a lot is because 
I can't compare later and say, well, well, how did they change? You know, well, because the, they don't change. They will never change. <laughs> right. You can't change your genes. Yeah. So you can't do a before and after. Every test that we do, there's a before and you can run an after and see, wow, hey, this is back in balance. Oh, this is improved. Oh, you have so many less food sensitivities now. Hey, your parasites and uh, bacterial overgrowth is gone. You know, and your yeah. gut improved function, your digestion is working better, your liver's improved. I don't know, your 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 you know your catabolic antibiotic, the cortisol and DHA, they're back in balance. Yeah. Oh my God, it's and, and it's, so what you can track, what you can measure, you can you can work to improve. And but you you said it, man, it's a can of worms. So that's why you need someone who's well trained and able so, to help. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I, I've 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 encountered this a little bit. I don't know how much you you see of this in your work, but. So many people who have been given a label, you know, whatever it is, or a condition, or you know, their their diagnosis, you know, comes with a pretty heavy-handed terminology that they become very yeah. attached to, and, and you know, and and there's there's uh -huh. a part of that that is, you know, they 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 do want to heal this thing, but they also are so identified now with their condition that when they actually uh -huh. heal, it's sometimes yeah. you know when when they're feeling better, they're still looking for solutions or they're still you know, they're, they're still not satisfied in some way <laughs> because yeah. either because they still well, think they, they are their label or because now it's on to the next thing and, and I must have other problems. Man, you're so right. So right. <laughs> I experienced the exact same thing when I started in the office again. You know what? The biggest thing back then was fibromyalgia. Oh, yeah. Everybody was coming in with, I do oh, I, you know, I had this problem. I've got the aches and pains. I'm overweight. And I got brain fog and I've got all these things going on. And thank God my doctor finally diagnosed me. It's fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. So I've got this and that. You know, I take a couple supplements and I take a medication for the pain and I take my muscle relax, you know, all this stuff. And, and you know, uh, these people, by the way, were pretty hard to put your hands on. You couldn't do deep uh, body oh, right, work. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and so, you know, we had to find a, a different way. And man, I never, I just ended up deciding what a waste can diagnosis. It's like garbage can. Like, you, I don't know if there's even, I guess there is a, such a thing as real fibromyalgia, but they're applying that diagnosis to anyone with similar symptoms. Right. You have the same cluster of symptoms. Well, it's fibromyalgia. Yeah. So what it really is, is just a cluster of symptoms. Yeah. And, 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 once, you, one, once, and once you do tests like you do, once you kind of, you know, once you get in and start learning more and more about, about you know, what their makeup is and, and, and what their challenges, is, uh, challenges are within, within their system, you realize that they may have, you know, we, we could, if we're going to use the, the clinical diagnosis terms, we could have like five different things with a Venn diagram where they're kind of overlapping in different ways, right? So, so yeah. but, but that, that, that just tells us that if we only uh, you know, try to treat the, you know, the symptom, we're not going to get anywhere because there's probably some sort of a base underlying part of this that they're, we're just not hitting. And a lot of it has to do with the DRESS, <laughs> right? You're right. And and you're right about um, about everything. You know, people have multiple causes and multiple symptoms. And here's the thing that no one considers, Jeremy, uh, that took me a long time to figure out. Because remember, I'm not a physician. I can't diagnose or treat any one thing. It takes a license to do that. Yeah. And uh, uh, we could go off into that whole thing about licensed medicine and why you need one. Um, but 
I had to look upstream. I had to look for underlying causes and conditions because that's something I can do as a nutritionist, trainer, health coach, you know, non-licensed practitioner. We can find If we could find out the, you know, I don't like the word root cause, but causal factors, uh, then we could do something about it ourselves. It it empowers the person to take control of their health back. And that's what I noticed. If you've seen 10 people, you, you've given the control of your health over to them. Why? You, you know, you, you, we need to be in control. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with the empowering part. I mean, that's, that is what I, I keep seeing missing. I mean, I feel like obviously when they first come to see us, they're, they're in a, in a pretty low place most of the time. So a little handholding, you know, during that time period, but it's, it's for me anyways, it's immediately about like, let's start giving you some tools, you know, let's start figuring out things that you can start doing on your own, which is what I, why I liked you know, what I saw about yeah. your work. Well, amen. So, so here's, here's what I kind of figured out about this causal factors. There's always a bunch of them. Yeah. So, and guess what? They're having an effect upon each other. And a lot of that's not measurable. Yeah. So if you just so picture true. one of my presentations I do, um, there's like someone just took, let's say five or eight little stones and threw them into a little clear pond, you'd see all these little rings. And those rings would go out and intersect and cause mm. ripples yeah. and, and things. Like that. So now you got the whole surface of the way. It starts off with just five little, we call these causal factors. Right. But then they're having, you know, pretty soon the whole water becomes yeah, I like that all metaphor. just. Like, yeah. But to, it, it, and when you see it in, in the picture, you go, wow, that's right. So you've got, you know, your, your mom abandoned you when you're eight, mental, emotional stress. You fell off your bike when you were 10 and you, you never really healed your shoulder. You're eating a bunch of crap every day. Mm-hmm. Now you're being exposed to electromagnetic frequencies and, and garbage on television. And God knows what you're learning at school anymore. And on and on. So you've got all these causal factors. Your epigenome is full of stressors, yeah. multiple there, and they all start having this effect on each other. Like one, uh, if you're if you're uh, uh, under a lot of stress, your cortisol to DHA ratio changes. Well, that right. lowers your immune system. Right. Now you then you end up with a dysbiosis. Well, then you get bigger bugs come along. Yeah. Well, now you've got leaky gut, and now you've got uh, you know antigens and immune complex flowing into the liver, giving you detoxification problems. Next thing you know, you've got an autoimmune condition and you've been told that you've got fibromyalgia right. and here's your pill, right. you know. And so we just don't look at things that way. It, it, we open up the can of worms and sort the worms out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the interesting thing is because I'm, I'm not an MD either, but but I've but I've somehow managed to build a lot of good relationships with them. And. And I find a lot of times they're frustrated with, you, you know, with the, the systemic approach to things because they're limited by what their tablet that they use every day, you know, the boxes that have to be checked on their on their iPads that they use at the hospital now to like move, you know, a patient from yeah. one thing to the next. And they're not really able to get to these causal factors or or even even have any sort of, you know, way of of even thinking about testing for most of these things. It's just not in the system. So while, you know, technology is at its all-time high, we're, we're, we're not really using it to our best advantage, and, and it's, and it's so showing in, in the, the outcomes, I think. You're right. Uh, hand, they're handcuffed. They are. By their licensure and their boards 
and the the payment system the payment that they use, you know, especially, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, their 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 uh, their financial model is as screwed up as anything else that's going on in the medical profession, yeah. and so um, it's kind of hard to convert that. Again, uh, these doctors come out of uh, medical school wanting to do good work and intend to help people, and uh, they've got huge debt from school. Um, they've got uh, now, but they don't have an office yet, so they got to rent an office. Then they have to buy or lease equipment. Then they have to hire staff. They still don't have any customers yet, yeah. so they're starting off under a tremendous amount of stress. And they they get they sign contracts with insurance companies, start throwing uh, patients with everything from snotty noses to you know aches and whatever it is at them, and they have to get them processed really quickly. Right. And they're really their only real job is to um, get relief care. You mentioned, you know, what, why do people come? Well, they come in for, they go in for relief. Right. They just want to be out of pain or whatever it is. And so doctors got really freaking good at that. Yeah. Man, there's a pill for everything. And, and it will take your symptoms away for the most part. Right. There's, that's not a necessarily a bad thing, right. but it does zero to correct the problem. Right. Long term. In fact, the problem will likely get worse yeah. and you'll need stronger pills. Yeah. And then they'll just take the parts out. Well, you don't need your gallbladder. You don't need your ovaries. Your in, you know, I mean. <laughs> I know, I know. You know I, I deal with it all the time. Yeah. So, so uh, to for anybody who's interested, I'm, I'm, I want to get a little of your information out there too. Um, so, the the name of the book that you're involved with is called. Can you can you give me the full name of it? There's a couple of them, but um, the I think you're referring to. Uh, the Gap by Pantea uh, Keldor, Pantea. So I'm a I'm a I'm one of the writers. Okay, yeah, so I that's, contributed a chapter. That's right. I'm Ray Davis. I did a chapter in the book The Gap. It's available wherever. Yeah. Um, I'm not involved in in selling the book or anything like that. Right. Um, but it was fun to contribute a chapter. Yeah. Pantea is a wonderful person. She's actually a graduate from my training program too, and I'm really proud of her. Um, but if people we have a short link that we made for your listeners. It's fdntraining.com slash highway to health. Yep. And, and I'll, I'll put a link on the show notes if anyone's yeah, interested. Yeah, put, put a link in there for that because, uh, you know, FDN is functional diagnostic nutrition. That's what I'm known for. It's just a system of uh, investigation into health problems and then uh, natural protocols to get out of those problems. Yeah. And and uh, we, we, we teach a business model, too, and how to be a health entrepreneur how to be a health coach practitioner. Okay. And it, it's really quite a robust program. Um, we'd love to get some of your listeners to uh, poke around there. And if they go to fdntraining.com slash highway to health, they'll land there. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. And I appreciate you guys putting a link up for that too. And and so for, if anyone's working with you, I'm just curious, uh, can can you, I, I'm not sure if HIPAA re has any sort of relationship to to how you can deal with people worldwide or cause, because yeah, I have Yeah, we're listeners. not subject to HIPAA because we're not diagnosing and treating anything. Okay. Um, and at the same time, ethics play a very important and, and role in yeah. our in our world, you know, and um, everything we do serves the person we're working for. So we're we're private uh, entrepreneurs. You hire me in a fee for service to help you with your health problem. Yeah. Um, kind of like going to a lawyer. You say, "Hey, I, I got this and this problem," uh, and they say, 
give me a retainer and I'll work on your case. So people pay us retainers for 90 days or six months or, and we run the labs, give them the protocols and we coach them up for whatever that time period is. And that's what our, so we get paid on a fee for service. Okay. And it's a great way to make a living. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. You're helping people and earning a living doing it. I mean, that's what motivated me 23 years ago or more. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I, it was fun fun to chat with you. Let's, hey, uh, let's man, stay connected. Hey, man, you're a great guy to chat with. I, I hope we do it again, Jeremy. And, uh, you know, I have a podcast, too. Uh, maybe we'll get you on ours. That sounds great. Love to. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Thank you very much for uh, having me on All right. Show. Thanks so much. Read Davis, folks. Having worked closely with this kind of diagnostic testing throughout my career, I think it should be more of a standard of care. Unfortunately, it's still not covered under most insurance plans. Testing pricing has become more affordable, however, in recent years. And the testing is usually covered by HSA. So if that's something that you're able to fund pre-tax through your insurance plan, I would take advantage of that. And as mentioned at the end of our conversation, you can learn more about the functional diagnostics Reed's company offers by going to fdntraining.com forward slash Highwood Health. There's a lot to explore on the site, whether you're looking to get help in healing or whether you're in a healing career and looking to support others that you are caring for. And there will be a link in the show notes uh, here as well. I have one quick favor to ask before I sign off. If you love the resource you get here at Highway to Health, could you take a moment and rate us and leave a short review? It really helps others find us and the resource they're looking for. I really appreciate it. And let me know what you thought of this topic in conversation. Reach out to me anytime by email, jeremy at highway2.health. Thanks for listening and for all that you do. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.